Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Rothko Chapel. My name is Kelly Johnson. I'm the director of public programs, and we're so excited to have Loop 38 with us tonight to experience Will and Soul. Um, before I begin, this is going to be a full, uh, sold-out concert. So if there are any, like, if there's one space between you, maybe you could scoot in uh, to help us find those remaining seats. And I will say we also have one seat up here at the front that's available if anyone wants to come get a VIP seat. Um, so I want to tell you a little bit about the ensemble today. Loop 38 is a boundary-pushing, artist-driven new music ensemble based here in Houston that aims to build community around innovative, stimulating, and culturally relevant musical experiences. With Will and Soul, Loop 38 explores the power of creation, hope and perseverance, and all that binds us together, illuminating our shared humanity through sound. We are recording tonight, so please go ahead and silence your cell phones now. And I'd also like to ask everyone to please refrain from taking photos or video. We invite you to be fully present here with us in this space tonight. Tonight's world premiere of Dream Shadows, Shadow Dreams, will be followed by a short discussion with composer Martha Horst and poet Deborah Deep Mouton, facilitated by Loop 38 co-leader, conductor, and percussionist Craig Hoschild, um, about the co-commission piece at the very end. So now I'd like to invite Loop 38 board members Joseph Newland and Emma Wine to share a little bit more about tonight's experience. Thanks for being here. Oh, sorry. This evening, all of us will experience the intersection of visual art, music, and spoken word. The first piece on the program, Oceans in Oceans, conjures a swim in the Pacific with the push, pull, and sounds of the sea. The second piece, Chi, is an exploration of the vitality of the human spirit. The third piece on the program, The Will to Adorn, is an homage to detail and decoration with chaotic enthusiasm. And finally, Dream Shadows, Shadow Dreams, is a world premiere that celebrates creativity and the limitless possibilities our human minds can generate. Just like the Rothko Chapel is a space of both profound shared experiences and individual introspection, the music explores whole ensemble sounds and atmospheres as well as individual textures. I want to invite you all to experience this concert in a way that feels true to you. During this performance, you could focus in on one musician and see if you can pick out their individual sound. You could close your eyes and see what emerges from the texture without visual cues, or you could focus inward and think about how the music makes you feel or what it makes you think of. Now there is a QR code in your printed program that links to more information on each piece, including the text of the new poem that Deborah Deep Mouton is premiering in the last piece on the program. I encourage you to check it out to learn more about the pieces and performers that you will hear tonight. Hello. Um, 
I would just like to encourage you while you're here, as we're sort of in this great vessel of the Rothko Chapel, which I'm lucky enough to spend a lot of time in as I work nearby, and this statement from the chapel's mission statement, which is to illuminate our shared humanity. And I feel like the space here is really sort of like an, a void that is open to allow for contemplation. It was built as a space of contemplation. And what we'll hear tonight is a creation coming out of contemplation of these values. And you, as um, Emma said, there are lots of ways to, to listen, to think, to look around, and also see what you might come out of with this in your own way of understanding the space we're in and with the interaction with the music and soon with your friends.
Good evening, everyone. My name is Jacob Schaefer, and I'm a violinist, as you probably can tell, and one of the co-leaders of Loop 38. Um, I, I'd like to express my gratitude for that you all are here to share this experience with us. This has been a real journey the past nearly two years, um, shepherding this project from, from the concept coming, coming to us. Um, through all of the stages of, of making it happen and seeing it finally come to fruition. Um, it's a pleasure to share this with you. I'd like to talk a little bit about the next piece on the program by George Lewis. As you might have read in the program note, um, or might not, either one is fine, um, this piece is inspired by an essay from 1934 by Zora Neale Hurston. Um, a, a famous African-American writer, um, grew up in the South, um, and also was famous for traveling all throughout the South, kind of a, as an anthropologist, um, taking stock of how, how people lived. Um, and in, the, in this essay, which is called Characteristics of Negro Expression, she describes as one of these characteristics as what she terms the will to adorn. And by this, she means the will to create decoration, to create art. And she uses this very particular turn of phrase, um, decorating a decoration, as a way of describing some of what she saw in her travels. And George Lewis um, was inspired by this essay, by that turn of phrase, and by this idea of decorating a decoration. Um, and he jumps off of that in this piece. He creates extremely complex music that, that decorates itself almost. I think you'll be able to hear that very, very easily coming up soon. Um, and I think one of the most interesting things about this piece to me sonically is George Lewis's treatment of texture, musical texture. So he kind of composes in these structural blocks. He creates an idea and then fills it in. And each block has certain defining characteristics that really have a particular aural effect. Maybe, maybe it'll sound like a very rough and chaotic texture. Maybe it'll sound more smooth. 
the music is full of contrast. There's loud and soft, there's rough versus smooth. Um, maybe think of something that has, like a textile that has friction versus one that doesn't have friction, that just slides, slides over your fingers. Um, and to create this, this wonderful effect, George Lewis relies on a lot of techniques um, using the instruments to create many unusual and unexpected sounds that you may or may not have heard before and layering them on top of each other to create really incredible sonic effects. Are we done with the set change? Yes? <laughs> Amazing. Great. <laughs> well, um, that's just some of what I find so incredible about, the, about this piece, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Thank you.
everyone. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, my name is Caitlin, and I am the harpist for Loop 38. Um, I, this is a really special night for us uh, for a lot of reasons, but for two big ones. The first one is that it, has, it is six years almost to the day since Loop 38 last performed here um, back on May 2nd in 2017. Um, so I'm just curious how many of the performers tonight were here in 2017 with us? Could you stand up? Woo! <laughs> Couple more. It never gets old. Um, and were any of you in the audience here back then as well? Great. Thank you for being back. <laughs> and thank you for so many brand new faces. We're really excited to have you here tonight. Um, I'm here to introduce the last piece to you, which is the other reason tonight is so special, um, because this is a world premiere of Loop 38's first major commission um, from not one, but two amazing collaborators. We've been so lucky to work with Deborah Deep Bhutan and with composer Martha Horst um, to create this final piece that you're about to hear. Um, this was truly a three-way collaboration. What you're about to hear is what happens when artists of multiple disciplines get together and create something that they couldn't have on their own. So it's a really special experience that you're about to hear. Um, you'll hear more about it in the talk afterwards, um, so I don't want to talk too much about it now, but I would encourage you, as you already have been encouraged tonight, to follow the QR code in your program um, because the text that Deep wrote is, is on that page, and um, it, reading that text later, separate from the performance, will be very different than the experience that you're about to hear, um, and it's still a really special work on its own. So lastly, I would like to draw us back to the Loop 38 mission statement, or the, the Rothko Chapel mission statement, rather. Um, uh, Joseph mentioned in the beginning that the shared humanity in that mission statement is really what inspired this program tonight. Every piece was chosen to kind of highlight what brings us together as humanity. But um, the next line in their mission statement uh, leads to action. And so I'd like to challenge you all here tonight to take this as an opportunity to push yourself out of your comfort zone and think of ways that you can grow your own um, uh, you know, shared humanity, how you can share humanity with people that you wouldn't have otherwise, with yourself, with your community, and with our environment. So with that, I will uh, get set up for <laughs> um, Dreams, Shadows, Shadows, Dreams by Deborah Deep Mouton and Martha Horst.
I dream. breath, manifesting thread, weaving, weaving us all together, tightening, tightening around dreams, oh, oh world that speaks shadows and disbelief, doubting, thoughts, inequality, an echo, am I, am I but an echo, a voice a voice caught in taut thread, tangled in my own hope. Am I, am I in a dream? Am I in a dream of unimaginable dreams? of the before. A 
our voices rise no longer caught but wind an idea in wind blowing a whole poem of a world so am i an unraveling thread a new generation imagine a nation imagination coursing through every heart equally what gift what a whole dream Imagination, a new generation. Am I unraveling the thread? A whole wind in idea blowing a world of a poem. But with wind, with wind no longer caught, our voices will still rise.
am I in a dream of unimaginable dreams, tangled, tangled in my own hope, voice in a taut thread? Am I, am I but an echo, echo, doubting thoughts, inequality, echo, 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 a world that speaks shadows and disbeliefs. You tighten around dreams, tightening. Weaving us all together, manifesting thread. Caught ideas of equal breath. Our voices will bend to powerful light, yes. An echo of piercing life. A world of waking thoughts. I am in a dream of open dreams. A thread tightening in. Voices caught in wind shift to echo. No, no voice, waking thoughts, blooming shadows, a dream of worlds. Oh, I'm in. A thread pulled, pulled tightly. Voice caught. Echo, echo, echo. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Shadows, entire worlds.
right. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Thank you all. Um, my name is Craig Hauschult. I've enjoyed getting to share this music with you all tonight and getting to work with all of these fantastic musicians. Um, we do have planned a, a, a brief artist chat um, where we can ask some questions, do a little Q&A for anyone who has any questions about the program, particularly this last piece uh, with Martha and Deborah. And then following this, uh, we're hoping to have a few folks go over to 93 Till around the corner. And if anyone would like to join us, we wanted to just invite everyone here out uh, for food and beverages, if you so choose. So um, we've got the, the stools, so why don't you guys come on up? Um, you got to hear Martha Horse's music and, and, and Deborah Deep Mouton's poetry tonight. And as they get settled, I want to just begin by asking you guys about the creative process, how you felt working together, uh, any, any particular things along those lines that you'd like to share with the group. Um, Deborah, why don't you start? Sure, I can start. Um, I really, this has started as a collaboration between Loop 38 and myself. We both were collaborators. Well, we both were commissioned artists uh, for Performing Arts Houston and kind of fell in love with each other's work and knew that we wanted to work together on something. And I'm just so grateful to all of you for being able to make space for the crazy poet to come in the room. Um, and so then Martha came into the process and just elevated everything. It's been such a, such a delight to work and think about how we talk about how creativity happens kind of in our heads uh, before it gets to the public eye. What are the things that ruminate with you? And I hope that we were able to kind of capture that within the piece that we created. Yeah, and hello everybody. Um, I'm Martha Horsa. I actually live in Illinois. And, um, and so I saw this magical call for scores with a poet. And, and so I started, you know, as one does, started watching YouTube videos of Deborah performing her work. I said, wow, that's neat. And so we just started, um, you know, they contacted me and said they were interested in my music. And we never met except for over Zoom. This is the 21st century, so we've been Zooming and chatting about Rothko, about creativity, about what it means to be a human artist in today's world. What, is, what does it mean to give birth to a piece? And what does it mean to have a blank slate, like these blank slates you see around us? And, um, and then this week happened, and all of a sudden, here's Deborah, and here's Craig, and it's just great to finally meet all these people that I've been uh, interacting with virtually. So the creative process was you know, a long time coming, but we all got together and did this tonight, and thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, I'm curious. Uh, we set this up as kind of an unusual commission in that the words weren't read, like we didn't ask you to write the words until after you had all met and to work on this collaboratively. I wonder if you guys could talk a little bit about the maybe unusual process of working together, words and music at the same time, your thoughts and feelings about, um, you know, successes and hardships of that process. Um, well, yeah, it was an unusual ask, but, um, Deborah and I, from the very beginning, were on the page of talking about what it means to be an artist and do a piece. And so at some point in December, I was writing a piece about having what's, what it's like to have a blank slate. And, and I had that blank piece of paper. So that was, that was uh, pretty interesting. But um, 
she talked a lot about how she was going to construct the poem. Uh, and maybe you heard there was, you know, it started off with just single words and then those words grew into phrases and sentences. So that really gave me this idea of the, the musical gesture building until the middle part, which is the most, uh, the thickest texture of the piece and then backing off. So in many ways, the, the way that she decided to structure the poem, although I didn't have all the words, gave me an idea of how to structure the music. Yeah, and to that, I mean, I think we talked about the process is not linear when you're creating something, right? You have a big swell moment, you're like, I'm inspired, this is amazing, and the next minute you're like, ball it all up and burn it all, right? This is terrible and I wanna start over again. And so that ability in creation to thrive in one moment and question the next, right? Um, to tear it all apart, deconstruct it, and put it all back together and arrive at something was something that definitely drove both of us in the creating of, of the music and the piece. And then I'm curious, I mean, you joined us on Monday night for our first rehearsal. Um, what did you feel like, like joining this group and hearing these sounds and adding and adding your poetry? Can you describe what that sensation was like? Yeah, I think first coming in, you know, it's the natural nerves of performing. You know, the music is still new. As many times as you can listen to a recording, it's different when there's musicians in the room with you. You feel it differently in your body. And so I know we first talked, it was like, slow down. It's okay, we're gonna get through it, you know? But if that settling in starts to happen and the comfort happens with such great musicians that are so welcoming and are like, listen for this sound, you know? And we kind of were all able to work together and they helped guide me in the process of figuring it out. And then Martha was so, so gracious to say, you know, I realize you need your space in this piece too. And so, you know, there will be sections that are marked out really specifically, but other sections were like, no, here, I want you to have the free reign of what your talent brings to this piece. You know, Philly, figure out what it lives like. You know, if you were following along with the text, you probably heard I made some changes because I'm a performer and I wanted to add a word, right? And it felt good in the moment, right, to say, oh, how I dream instead of, oh, I dream. Uh, it felt like that was what needed to be there. And so there was also a graciousness, I think, in our collaborative efforts to give every artist their ability to kind of build and thrive and swell and move in the moment is what was felt. Yeah, and you know, as a, uh, when composers work with poetry, typically it's this fixed thing. It's like, okay, this is the text from Shakespeare or whatever. So, so this is so great. I have the poet here who's changing her poem right in front of us. This was so great. <laughs> so that's really an unusual experience for a composer. And one quick question for you. We live in the like the 2020s, right? And uh, you know, so much of composing is done alone in a room with with a computer, and you hear it back MIDI. And then you got to hear us last night for the first time. We didn't know each other until 24 hours ago, um, <laughs> face to face. That is. Um, what was that like to hear your piece move from from a MIDI computerized synthesized version to the real thing? Like, can you describe that uh, feeling? It's like you're looking at a photograph and then you actually, well, like I've been looking at a photograph of this place. I've never been to this Rothko Chapel and then I actually come here. So it's kind of like that. You see a photograph of a scene, but then you're actually in the scene. So there is this multidimensionality that a, a human with these beautiful instruments, I was talking to the cellist about his beautiful cello, and you just can't replicate that experience of a human manipulating a beautiful piece of wood from the 18, 18th century. It's just, uh, it's, it's a magical thing we do with musical instruments and um, I really believe in it. 
I'm curious, uh, does anyone out here have any questions for Martha or Deborah? Hi, I was just wondering about the thread, because it sounded like the thread could be a threat or a thread could be support. And so I was wondering if y'all could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's my question, right? <laughs> Martha's like, give this microphone away from me. Um, yeah, for sure, I think that it is both. You know, I think when we think about chaos, it's both the thing that stirs up the whole world and also the thing that makes us wildly confused, right? And also the thing that makes us appreciate peace. So I think in that way, right, there is like a singular thread, I think that pulls us through the work that might be inspiration, that might be the threat of it all, right? Um, the risk of what it is that we're creating. I think all of those things live kind of in that process. I'm, I'm curious um, because when this started, it was a, it was it was framed as a piece about childbirth, right? I do like that. <laughs> and and when I first saw the thread, I was thinking about like an umbilical cord and things. Like, was that a something conscious in your mind no. or not? Okay, never mind. <laughs> not the first time I've been wrong. Um, but I, I I did go there when I I read your poetry. Anyways, um, any other questions? The excellent question. Thank you. Did you have a disagreement, and how did you handle it? Sure, I'll do the disagreement. Yeah. Well, contemporary music uh, has a lot of different sounds with the instruments, but also the, the way that we put together notes, um, is, it, it can sound a little bit um, angry. And I, I did an initial very quick sketch, and Deborah's like, this is too angry. She wanted something joyous. And I said, okay, so I'll start with C major. So I started with the C major chord. But, you know, she, she said, what does it mean to be creative? What does it mean to you? And I said, yeah, I need to have joy. I need to not back away from the, you know, a, a, a joyous major chord. And so I sort of put, put away all of those contemporary uh, trichords and hexachords and went with a little bit more of a, a joyous sound. Is yeah. that per, is that fair? Yeah. yeah. I'll say like as as somebody who got saw that email exchange, I got very nervous that morning. <laughs> uh, no, I feel bad. No, 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 I'm just I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. We were we were collaborating. We were collaborating very actively that day. I liked it. Uh, any other questions? Actually, it's for you as a conductor. Okay. Um, I mean, conducting already a contemporary piece with so many layers must be quite difficult. But then you have another, another uh, almost like a jazz-style poetry on top, which is very uh, interpretive and almost um, innovative. So which is you have to kind of blend in um, almost improvisation with structure. How did you deal with it and what was went through your mind when you're trying to blend structure with sort of this interpretive jazz? That is an excellent question. And Deborah will tell you when we're all done that I did not cue her once. And we ended up with a little bit of improvisation, uh, more than I was even expecting. No, no, no. We weren't going to say anything. Well, I'll, I'll admit. But it was beautiful because we ended up with some extra improvisation this morning, and, or this morning, this afternoon, this, this evening. And um, yes, I'll, I'll eventually find the right time of the day. But um, as a conductor, having, especially having just traversed the Lewis, 
um, right before it, which was gangly in its own way, to come to this piece, which has much simpler forms, but then have this like very free flowing uh, uh, jazz trumpet solo going on over top of it. Um, you know, I was tracking multiple things. It was it was um, an exercise in in creativity all in of itself. And these folks were all so wonderful to follow and, and blend and when we needed to slow down or slow speed up, even when it wasn't marked, we all came together and did it. And you know, a little wink and a nod and people would know where to go and, and move. And it was actually a very joyous experience to feel like I was um, pulling and, and pushing and, and making that, that happen. I mean, I was, it was that thread, right? Like it's that pull tightly and loosely and giving room for space and to stretch and to build. And yeah, I wasn't gonna say anything about you missing the cue because for me, I saw the head nod that came quickly after it that was like, speed up, catch up with us. And I was like, got it. And then I heard you pull and wait and I was like, they're waiting for me. Right? <laughs> right? So like, I think once you know the music and you can feel it in you, you're like, okay, now I feel the, the, that pull, right? I feel the give, I feel us all trying to arrive at a goal together. And that's like the most beautiful part of the collaboration. Yeah, I, I've liked it because it felt so organic yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, beautiful question, thank you. Any other questions? Got time, yeah. Natalie, our former board president. <laughs> That was beautiful. Um, I was wondering if you could elaborate on the last moments of the piece. There was like a surprising moment when the flute came back. There was some kind of like the, there was like a vocalization from the musicians, it sounded to me. Yeah, well, the, the whole piece is a palindrome. So it begins at a place and then it goes to the middle and then it goes back to the same place. But it's not quite identical. So there's a little bit of sort of a fracturing of the piece at the end is what I was trying to do sonically. So it's going back to the same piece, but or the same pitches from the beginning, but I wanted to do a sort of, uh, yeah, a fracturing of the, the dream. Yeah. Um, and so the flute was technically doing what's called whistle tones, which are one of the most quietest sounds that you have available in the orchestra. And it, it has this very uh, mysterious uh, quality to it that yeah. You, you want to play, whist whistle play the whistle tone, tone from the end of the piece? Or is it it's put away? You don't have to. You don't have to. Be happy. <laughs> While he's getting that out, maybe one last question before we head over to uh, 93 Till. Yeah. I was curious because I know as an audience member, we have a lot of thoughts and emotions when we hear a piece. And honestly, it was my first time ever hearing poetry in a piece, and it sounds amazing. And it really, it really led me to think a lot between a piece and a piece with words. And I'm curious on how you felt and what you really feel as you read that, you know? This piece is actually really different from a lot of the work that I do because it's very reductive. Um, and usually I got longer lines and, um, you know, I, I'm, I talk a lot. And so uh, for me, it was thinking about really paring down to almost what I would set as vocal text if, if I was setting it as a song instead of as a poem, but performed as a poem, which is like an exercise in and of itself for me, right? As a librettist, I know how to do the setting text one for voice. And as a poet, I know how to do the performing part. But like the blended line in between was what I wanted to play with and play in that space of thinking, can I have the same words, but give you different emotions and different feelings and a new arrival, even though the words may seem similar. And so 
I think for me, it was really thinking a lot about that, especially as I went through the score, it was marking, you know, like if you look at my score, it's like climb here, resolve here, you know, let the doubt creep in. You know, like there's those things that are cues for myself that's like you can't rely on the text to get you there, but the performance has to work alongside the music to arrive at this new emotion. And so that was like my greatest exercise and probably where my, my head was at for the majority of the piece of just thinking about not being like crazy monotone visine guy, right? But like, how do you build in those layers of emotion that you can hear and connect with? Do you want to whistle tones? Give, give us the whistle tones and that can be our cue to bring the whole thing together. It can be our final moment. <laughs> I apologize. And, and please do join us over at 93 Till. We'd love to share, share some food and drink with you all. Have a wonderful evening.